Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murren, and I'm the host of this podcast. And thank you for all the support on the past few episodes. The messages I got on social media following both the Josh Roller and Max Metzger interviews meant a lot. And we continue to grow each and every week with Forge in Ohio. And that continues on today as I'm joined by yet another mixed martial artist representing Ronin Training Center. That gym just produces great fighter after great fighter. And this one is no different. He won his professional MMA debut in a war just over two months ago, and he's also a 3-0 professional boxer. Joining me today is the one and only Skyler the Bulldog Bray. Thanks for coming on the show, Skyler, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. It's been fascinating to follow your career over the past few months, and your fighting style is truly something to be in awe of. Before we dive into those fights that you've had, both in boxing and MMA, I usually like to kick off these discussions with how the athlete I'm talking to got into the fight game. So how'd you get into MMA and combat sports as a whole? I pretty much got into mixed martial arts back in the day through wrestling. I've gone to a bunch of wrestling clinics as a kid, and I just happened to walk into a gym called Strike Fitness MMA back with Donnie Corbel, Corey Mila, all them guys, all the old school guys back when they fought for, uh, I believe, what was it called? It was a bigger promotion. It was like Ohio something. I can't remember. But basically, I walked in their gym and uh, sparred with those guys for the first time and fell in love with it ever since I was 15 years old. So you start with wrestling and then you kind of get into the striking and things like that with that gym. Was there a figure in your life that exposed you to any particular martial art or to that first gym when you were younger? Not in particular, no. I used to be big into like WWE and wrestling and stuff like that. And then I just, like I said, I just happened to walk into an MMA gym and I was a decent wrestler as a kid and they started teaching me striking and I've just always had like that competitive fire in me and like once I started picking it up I was like man I could be really good at this so I just I've stayed at it ever since and here we are now 10 years later before that point were you like a fan of the UFC or any martial art in that aspect were you kind of good yeah. just going in blind yeah so I watched a little bit of the UFC back then back um Back uh, when Forrest Griffin was fighting, he was probably my favorite fighter back in the day. Him and Iceman, those were my two favorite. Chuck Liddell. Yeah, two guys also from Ohio. How about that? Yep. So you kind of mentioned it there, but when did you know that MMA was the career path for you? Was it the first time you kind of watched a fight on TV? Or maybe it was a few fights into your amateur career that you realized that this is for you. This is what you want to do. No, I would say it was probably uh, my sophomore year in high school, man. Uh, my wrestling coach used to sit down with me all the time. His name was Jared Ball. And uh, he would always ask me what I wanted to do with myself. And he would, like, always try to, like, point out careers and such and this and that. And I would just be like, man, like, I want to be a fighter. And he's like, well, you can't just fall out on being a fighter. you got to have a B plan. And I'm like, why have a B plan instead of just having an A plan? Because if I, have, if I feel like I have a fallout plan to look upon to then i won't be as determined to use plan a you know what i mean and i've always been called crazy as a kid because of that reason but here i am proving everybody wrong yeah and that kind of proves your dedication to the sport and to be a fighter 
was there any moments in your in your life and in your career where you were nervous about not having that plan B? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm always nervous. I'm nervous about a lot of things, man, but I feel like that's what, like, fuels the fire, you know what I mean? Mm. Nerves are normal. If, if, you, if you're not nervous or have butterflies about something that's exciting that's about to happen, then, like, why do it? That's just kind of my outlook on things, and that's why I also don't like to have, like, a plan B, because if plan A fails, keep fucking going. That's how I look at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point, man. So you mentioned how you kind of started with wrestling and that was your your base, I guess. When you get into things like striking and boxing and everything that goes into those mixed martial arts, what was those first couple exposures to those like? Uh, I used to get beat up on a lot, man. And um, <laughs> it's <laughs> to be honest with you, it's made it's just made me want to learn it even more because I've already been so dedicated to wrestling for so long. It's just made me want to pick up another craft and learn it even more and that's the part of being a mixed martial artist you gotta know how to do everything you can't just be good at one thing yeah you're absolutely right your nickname might be the most fitting nickname of any guest i've had on forge in ohio skylar the bulldog bray how'd you get the nickname the bulldog (laughs) it's just the pressure that i come out and put on the guys man i'm just relentless no matter how hard you hit me or no matter no matter how much you come at me man i'm just always there in your face you got to put me out did somebody give you that nickname, or was it something that you came up with? The fans pretty much started calling me the Bulldog after my first MMA fight because I just went in there relentless, swinging, just straight forward. I believe that fight's actually on YouTube. It's pretty funny going back and watching it because there's no technique at all. Yeah, you're talking about your amateur debut against Michael Freeman? Yeah, I just yeah. went in there swinging. Yeah, I watched that fight. So you won in a minute and two seconds of the first round with punches. And you're right. You were just firing every single way you could at this guy. What do you think of when you look back at that fight? I laugh at it, man. It's just because of the tremendous amounts of uh, improvements that I've made over the years. I think it's funny. But, like, you got to start there to be somewhere. So... You fought in that contest at the age of 18 years old. You stepped into the cage for the first time at just 18. Why did you decide to fight so young? Because, I've, like I said, I started training since I was 15, so I already had three years of training experience. And I was around a bunch of guys that were very active all the time, and it just made me want to fight. So, literally, I believe it was two months after I graduated, Donnie... I went over to Donnie's house and we all sat down and started talking about fights. And he was like, Hey man, like you're 18 now we can get you a fight. And I was like, Oh really? He's like, yeah, man, there's a warrior nation card coming up here in about a month. You want to hop on it? And I was like, let's do it. And that's pretty much how it happened. Do you even remember how your 18 year old self felt walking into the cage that night? I was terrified. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest, but It's just something you learn to control over time. Like, you still get the butterflies and the nerves, but it's just something that you, like, learn how to tame and ride on. Yeah, so six years later, how do you deal with some of those nerves and anxiety that come with a fight game nowadays? I don't even really get so... The only thing that really makes me nervous with fighting nowadays is losing in front of everybody that I know. Obviously, it's a part of the sport, and losing is a huge part of growth in the sport, but, like... I'm a sore loser, man. I hate losing. So that's why I'm always down to get down in there. Like, you're going to have to take me out to get me out. That's pretty much how it is. I'm going to fight everything I got. I'm going to give you everything I got till the bell starts. 
fill the bell in. At least that gives me a sense of security that I gave it my all and I didn't sell myself short. Yeah, and that's why I said that your fighting style is truly something to be in awe of when I introduced you to the show. Like, every single time you go out there, man, it is a brawl, it is a war. When you look at guys who are kind of like on mainstream TV in the UFC, you kind of get those comparisons of like the Justin Gaethje's out there, the Michael Chandler's out there too, of your fighting style to what they're doing right now in the UFC. Yeah, so uh, Travis Bam Bam Davis, he calls me uh, mini Chad Mendez all the time. Okay. <laughs> That's what it takes to get to that higher level, though, man. I mean, people want to see exciting fights. People want to see knockouts. People want to see finishes. So you got to go in there and look for those things if you want to try to make it to the bigger show. Yeah, that you do, and that's definitely what's going to be more appealing to not only promoters, but to fans as well. You're the fifth fighter from Ronin Training Center that I've had on the podcast. Of course, you train at VO2 Fitness as well. But how did you get to Ronin? What has that gym meant to you so far in your career? So I used to train at Grove City back when I was like 19, 20 years old. And just because of like my roughness and training and stuff, they referred me going to Ronin Training Center and they thought it would be a better fit for me. And I still have love for those guys at Grove City, obviously. Like we still see each other in fights and we still like, hey, hug each other. You know what I mean? But uh, it was just the way I trained and the way I looked at things. I was just I'm just very into things. And they referred me going over to Ronin Training Center. And I've always heard good things about josh williams man josh williams is the man like when it comes to being an mma coach so just being there over the last few years those all those guys like travis josh melvin dan spawn all the older guys that are there they have basically molded me into the fighter that i am now that's interesting so i've never heard of that before where like one gym refers one of their fighters to go to another one is that a common thing to take place or is that kind of just a a special thing that happened to you no, I think it's pretty common with Grove City in a way because we're we're sister gyms. Mm. I know we all cross train a lot. It was just I, I don't know. It could have been special. You know what I mean? It could have been. Everyone I've talked to mentions the analytics that the coaches at Ronin use. How has that side of training at Ronin Training Center helped you and your game? Well, we all sit down like we'll, we get a, a name referred to us for a fight. We'll literally sit down as a team and be like, all right. Here's what we need to work up a number amount of days and you don't need to be fighting. Like, so it's just like the intensity in the room and the, like the dedication that all the guys bring there that makes it unique in a way because we all have the same goals. And we all look at each other as brothers so that we can go out there and chase our dream. Yeah, and you do train at VO2 Fitness as well, right? Yeah, I do. So I had Bad Matt Adams on the show last February, and he kind of talked about the gym a little bit. But since you're only the second fighter I've talked to from VO2, what's it like training there as well? It's really cool, man. Um, And I've also been doing a little bit of coaching there. And I feel like that's also helped my craft a little bit because I'm giving back what I've learned over the years to the younger guys and like dissecting dissect the techniques in a certain way so that they're able to learn. And it's helped me grow tremendously because these guys are looking at me as like a role model in a way you know what i mean yeah how much do you enjoy giving back and coaching potentially the next wave of fighters kind of like you were all those years ago i love it man i mean after i plan to be uh done fighting i'd say in probably another 10 12 years i want to eventually open up my own gym and coach full-time 
Yeah, I love to hear it, man. Talking to Skylar the Bulldog Bray on Forge in Ohio. So as an amateur, you end up going 7-5, and five, and you won the Ohio Combat League Bantamweight Championship in 2020 as well. What do you think of when you think back to your time as an amateur fighter? I never said no to anybody, man. Uh, I took the toughest fights possible, and that's probably what's helping me lead to be so successful as a pro right now because, I mean, there's no easy fight as a pro at all. You got to take the tough fights to be able to adjust yourself through those losses as you're like, there's no reason not to take a tough fight as an amateur. Your losses are really losses. You're learning from those and your amateur record resets when you go pro. So it doesn't matter. Nobody looks back at your amateur career and go, oh, he was seven and five. He's lost five times. He's got a bunch of holes in his game. Yeah, in a way. But at the same time, I've taken those holes in my game from those losses and filled that gap. Yeah, so like each loss was almost like a learning lesson and yeah, adapting things for your career. A, it's more of a gain than it is yeah. a loss as an amateur. That's why you're an amateur. You're supposed to put yourself in the toughest situations possible so that you're being a successful pro because no pro fight is easy. You have amateur fights being three three-minute rounds and then your pro fights are five three-minute rounds or three-five, sorry. But it's just like... Like, as a pro, you got to learn how to pace yourself a little bit because the rounds are longer and you're fighting a guy that's just as experienced as you. So, as an amateur, I, I mean, I recommend all amateurs to take the toughest fights possible because it's only going to help you build your pro career. Right, and not only does that help with the technique and your skills, but does that also help with, like, the stress and anxiety going out there too, knowing that you face the toughest amateurs at the amateur level going into those pro contests? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And then before competing professionally in MMA, you actually fought professionally in boxing with your first bout in 2021. I know I mentioned Matt Adams earlier, who's also competing in boxing and MMA as a pro. But for you, what brought you to compete in boxing? (laughs) Funny story. So I've never actually seen myself being a pro boxer. The only reason I even got into boxing is that I was able to go pro MMA because the athletic commission really didn't look at me as being a suitable candidate because I was coming off of two losses, but those two losses were in two different weight classes when I was trying to achieve greatness, become champ champ at 125 and 135. Unfortunately, lost those two fights, you know what I mean? But me and my team still felt like we were ready for the pro level because we were still taking on the toughest guys, and we couldn't even get another amateur fight. So we came up with a game plan for me to take a professional boxing fight so that they would have to make me let go pro as an MMA fighter. And basically, since I've taken that boxing fight, I've also fallen in love with boxing, too, because it's a huge part of MMA stand up wise. Obviously, you're just not throwing kicks and stuff, but it's you can still develop yourself in a way because you're using the same techniques that you could learn an MMA class that you can use in boxing too. Feints, pressure, cutting off the ring, stuff like that. And it's like helped develop my stand-up game in a way, and I love it. Yeah, so how soon did it take for that love to develop for boxing? Was it just after that first pro boxing bout, or was it maybe the second one or third? It was absolutely after that first boxing fight, because that first boxing fight, I thought a legit boxer. Went all Mm -hmm. four rounds and uh, ended up getting a, a KO victory early in the fourth. 
you found a lot of success in the sport of boxing. You're 3-0 with three knockouts, with the most recent one coming just two weeks ago for Ohio Combat League. Why do you think you've found so much success in boxing so far? My pressure, man. My pressure and the ability to switch stances like I do in MMA all the time. Creating different angles that boxers aren't used to. Boxers are real forward oriented, I should say. Like they're pre- like they sit, they try to sit and wait on you. MMA is completely different. You're going at the same time, and uh, I feel like that's what I I've had a lot of success in boxing is because I'm very forward pressure oriented, but I create a lot of angles going back from uh, southpaw and orthodox. In the long run, what sports do you see yourself competing in more? Boxing, MMA, potentially even both moving forward? Both moving forward. Wherever I can get a fight, man, I'm trying to stay as active as possible. If I can't get a fight MMA, I'm going to go fight boxing. If I can't get a fight in boxing, I'm going to go get an MMA fight. Wherever I can stay active, man, that's where I'm going. Yeah, and that's crazy. You've already had, I think, what, three fights in 2023 so far? three fights in the last four months yeah three fights four months and you've won all three of those fights how do you do it man just staying busy in the gym man uh constantly working constantly growing constantly learning it's just just the main part of it although i was inactive for a whole year because i wasn't able to compete with the athletic commission not seeing me uh as a candidate i was training the entire time staying busy in the gym constantly adding to my craft adding to my toolbox just staying ready because I knew eventually once I was able to compete again, I was going to compete and stay active as long as I'm healthy. Do you feel like now you're kind of making up for lost time when you were struggling with the commission for that year? I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plan. Once again, this is Skyler the Bulldog Bray with us on Forge in Ohio. We have to talk about your professional debut in MMA. You fought Gabe Puria, who was also a former OCL amateur bantamweight champion, and you guys competed in an absolute war. Before we get into the fight, I saw your walk to the cage on Instagram, and that song you came out to was electric. What about that walk meant so much to you? (laughs) It meant a lot, man. People always make fun of me because I like dubstep, but like I always use fuel to like fuel my heart and uh, mind in a way because music heals you and it also pumps you up in a way. So yeah, it, it meant a lot to me and I enjoyed every second of it. Is that something that kind of gets you in the zone and the right mental space to go in there and fight? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just, it's just my style of music that I prefer and, and yeah, it gets me in the zone pumps me up. I know you're always game for a war like you competed in, but going into that fight itself against Gabe, were you expecting to compete in a war like that? Oh, absolutely, man. I called it out in the interview uh, for Ohio Combat League when they uh, sat us down after weigh-ins. They uh, I, they asked, what, what do you think of your opponent? And I knew Gabe was special in a way because he fought my buddy Asher, and Asher is very athletic, very fast, and just a hard-headed kid, and he beat Asher, and I already knew, like, going into that fight, what Gabe had to bring to the table. He's very athletic. He's got a lot of tools, and he's not scared to stand in your face and fight you. So I knew it, I knew it was going to be a show stealer. I, I just knew it. Was that a motivation going into this fight, knowing that Puria had a win over one of your friends in Asher, who was also on Forge in Ohio not too long ago? But was that a motivating factor for you? Absolutely, man. I had to get that one back for our squad. Had to. 
was there like talks between you and Asher? I'm sure as as teammates, but did he give you any like tips and things like that about Puria and his game? Yeah, he did a little bit, but um, there was a lot of things that Dave Gabe was doing different with me that he did with Asher. Gabe tried to stay on the outside and point Asher and throw lots of leg kicks. He didn't throw too many leg kicks with me. Gabe threw a lot of bigger shots at me. I mean, given that it's a pro fight, a lot of new things are open, a lot of new techniques are allowed. Gabe was looking for a big finish with me. I feel like Gabe had a point to make as well because he beat Asher. You mentioned those rule changes going into a fight as a professional as opposed to going into a fight as an amateur. What was that like going in there with new things exposed from both ends? You can attack him in different ways, but he can also attack you, of course, in different ways as well. Yeah, it was something I've been training for for a little bit, but it was a little different getting in there because it's not something I was used to. Having 13 amateur MMA fights not seeing an elbow being thrown off right off the rip off the gate it was a little different so it made me a little tentative at first and i had to slow myself down and figure out new ways to get in because if i come straight in i'm gonna get hit with a flying knee or an elbow or just a couple of different things you know what i mean so it made me reevaluate how i needed to address things in that fight were the five minute rounds an issue for you or was that something that you know was easier for you to adapt to uh, no, it, it wasn't really an issue, but they were definitely longer. That was probably the longest 15 minutes of my life. Just because of the pace of the fight. I mean, me and Gabe were, we were going after each other. Yeah, and I feel like there were moments in the fight where it could have been stopped. Were you surprised at all that the fight wasn't stopped before reaching a decision? Honestly, no, I wasn't. I, I know at the professional level, they try to let it draw out as long as possible, as long as both guys are being responsive. Maybe at the amateur level, yeah, because they try to protect you as an amateur so that you're able to get to the pro level. But as a pro, they let you fight your heart out. And uh, honestly, I'm glad that fight didn't get stopped. Yeah, and you won the fight via split decision. Before the judges' scorecards were announced, did you feel like you had done enough to win the fight? There's always that voice in your head. You're just like, man, did I do enough? Like, I was was terrified, honestly, because there's been times where I thought I have won fights in previous fights that haven't gone my way. So I I try not to let it go to the judges, man, because you never know what they're seeing on the outside compared to what you're feeling and seeing on the inside. So you can't really like depend on those three judges to think because you won to like actually feel like you won. So I didn't really know, man. I felt like I did enough and I'm glad I got, I got the win up in my favor, but you just never know sometimes. And when it was announced that you had won, you fell to your knees and you could see how much the win meant to you. With it being your professional MMA debut and competing in a fight like that, what were the emotions like after getting the win? Oh, man. (laughs) I was just so relieved and happy. I sacrificed so much time being away from family and just going straight from work to the gym constantly every day, doing two-a-days and just, just sacrificing so much, eating clean and not being able to go out with any of my friends, stuff like that. Like you sacrifice so much stuff. Like a lot of people don't see this stuff that you actually have to like do to be able to put the time into this sport. If you're not a hundred percent in, then don't do it at all. And just being able to like get your hand raised after a hard fought battle like that, man, it was just, it was so overwhelming, but like so relieving at the same time. Does getting your hand raised in a contest like you had against Gabe Perea, 
make all those uh, sacrifices worth it going into a fight like that? Absolutely. I wouldn't change it. I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Are these fights that you excel most into, like fights that truly come down to who has more grit inside of them and who wants it more? We mentioned your nickname, the Bulldog. Like, I feel like these are the fights that you really excel in. I think so, man. <laughs> Looking back at my amateur career, I think the another fight that was just like that was against Ethan Melisano, another hard kid out of Spartan Fitness MMA down in Alabama, going to any enemy territory and fighting a hometown kid. Uh, it, it's just it's just crazy, man. I mean. That was that was also a banger fight, and yeah, I feel like it brings the best out of me. Yeah, something tells me that you enjoy fighting in other people's hometown. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it uh, it's it's a little relieving in a way too because you don't have to worry about all your people being there. Um, that adds to the nerves a little bit. You have all your fans there yourself, and you don't want to lose in front of all your people, so it adds to the nerves a little bit. And when you go to someone else's hometown and it's just you and your coach, it takes it away a little bit. So you're just there doing what you love doing and you just get in there and do your thing. Yeah, for sure. Would you say that there were more people there for you in support at OCL 24 for your pro MMA debut than any other fight you've had? Pretty close. If not, if not, it was probably about the same. I had a lot of people there. And what was the support from like those people after the win? I'm sure you had a bunch of people coming up to you, even on social media too, probably congratulating you on the win. Yeah, I pretty much got bombarded after I got out of the cage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told everybody I needed a second, went back and kind of addressed myself. But after that, yeah, as soon as I came back out of the locker room, everybody pretty much just huddled around me, hugging me, congratulating me, wanting to take pictures with me and it's it's just uh it's just a good feeling, man, having all those people there for you. I know you fought in boxing just two months after that war against Puria, but what does the aftermath of a fight like that look like? I'm sure you were exhausted and likely banged up a bit too, but were you in the gym on the following Monday or did you take some time off to recover from such a grueling contest? Uh yeah, I was actually in the gym that following Monday because my little brother fought as well. He had a uh, he's 16 years old. He had his first amateur boxing fight down in West Virginia. So I had to be there for him, man. I didn't really train so much myself, but I was still in the gym helping guys out and moving around. So I didn't really take any time off at all. What's it like having your brother kind of follow in your footsteps a little bit in combat sports like that? It's awesome, man. Um, He looks up to me and it makes me motivated in a way because uh, he wants to be as good as I am, and I want him to be as good as me, and it also makes me want to be better so that we both can get better. Does he want a future in MMA or boxing? He wants to do more boxing. More so boxing. Does it make you more yeah. you know, nervous watching him compete than even when you go out there and you compete yourself? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm more nervous for my brother than I am for <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I... I know you love to stay active and getting back to the gym on the following Monday after a contest like that. You've already competed three times this calendar year like we talked about. When can fans expect the Bulldog to compete next in either MMA or boxing? Like you said, you're kind of open to either one of those. Yeah, uh, it probably won't be this June 17th card coming up, but it will be the following after for sure. Would that likely be in July? I don't know when when they're planning to have another card after this June card. So whenever whenever they announce something, you guys will know, I promise. <laughs> and are you targeting <laughs> MMA or, or boxing for your next one? 
Yeah, uh, my next, I'm targeting another MMA fight after. All right, sounds good, man. So you're, you're kind of like flip-flopping a little bit, MMA, then boxing, then MMA. Is that kind of what you want to do right now, or is it just any fight that's available, your game, you'll take it? I kind of like flip-flopping in a way because after taking, like, MMA fights, man, they're way more brutal than boxing fights. Just the training, preparation, all of it. It's just, it's a lot more rough on the body. So when you go from taking an MMA fight or an MMA camp to a boxing camp, it gives your body a sense to, like, rest in a way. You're not doing all the grappling and getting all the, like, beat up and stuff, getting your legs kicked, just being sore all the time. Boxing is a little different. You don't have to spar all the time. You can just hit the bag, do focus mitts, do mitt work, do footwork drills. So if you're, you're basically staying active, but your body is also, it's also got time to heal. Last one for you, Skyler. What are some of your goals in combat sports? Of course, you compete in boxing and MMA right now professionally, but what's the dream look like for you in fighting? trying to get to the top man i'd love to be a ufc champion someday that's the goal goal to be a ufc champion from ohio i love to hear it. and then also to uh, open up a, a gym one day of your own right yes sir how many more fights do you think that would take to kind of get into at least entry level you know signing with the ufc something like that you never know man you stay active you go four or five and oh they can they could be knocking on the door anytime so as long as I stay active, stay healthy, keep fighting, keep winning, they can call it any time. This time next year, you turn 26 next year in May. Where are you at next year this time? Hopefully, I've picked up another five, six fights by then. Five <laughs> or six? Five or six. I want at least two or three more this year. Man, it is going to be a very entertaining year for Skylar Bray, for sure, in the state of Ohio. Before we wrap up, is there anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, things going on at the gym, sponsorships, anything like that? The floor is yours. Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to all my sponsors. Hell City Tattoo, Dirt Morrison, Flyers Pizza Grill. Shout out to Subzilla. Their supplements are awesome and amazing. Go check them out. Shout out to the gym. Shout out to VO2 Fitness. Shout out to Ronan Training Center. Josh Williams all them guys man i appreciate all of them they've helped mold me into the fighter that i am now and only up from here well thanks again to skyler for joining me on the show i appreciate you taking the time and coming on here you are one hell of a fighter and you are must see every single time you fight if you've listened to previous episodes of Forge in Ohio, then you're likely familiar how i like to end these chats on the podcast it's with the ohio chance so oh io Thank you, man. Thanks again for the time. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that I can't wait to see what you do next and who the Bulldogs next victim is out there. And hopefully we connect soon, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. That was Skyler, the Bulldog Bray, the 1-0 professional mixed martial artist who also competes in boxing. He's 3-0 in that sport with a 100% finish rate. If this conversation with the Bulldog and his impressive fight so far haven't convinced you that this guy is one of the most entertaining prospects in the state of Ohio, then I don't know what else to do or how else to convince you. He's a dog every time he competes and other bantamweights should absolutely look out for Skylar Bray. I appreciate him joining me on the show and I appreciate all of you for listening to this episode of Forge in Ohio. If you enjoyed what you heard, then of course feel free to listen to episodes 1 through 30 of the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow at Forge in Ohio on Instagram and 
a very special announcement now on Facebook as well. Fortune Ohio on Facebook. Go check it out. Great things over there for all of you listening and Forge in Ohio fans. Until next time, though, I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.